two children stand before you. They want to tell you something scary. They're going to tell you something scary. Whether you want them to or not. Welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. Welcome we are to those children. Our 50th episode. Mm-hmm. 5-0. Yeah. Hell 50. yeah, little bro. 50 years old. 50, 50, 50. Kristen and I, as usual, have researched topics from the wide world of horror. This show comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps. And now it's time to share these stories with each other. Mm-hmm. Kristen. William. Guess what? What? You're going first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, William. So last week, maybe for the kickoff of October, we decided that we were going to kind of go into the things that we've been saving for later. Yeah. That we're always like, oh, that's a good one, but I'll get to it. The heavy hitters. Right. So I have a heavy hitter tonight. All right. William, why don't you tell me what you think you know in your pea brain about the Jersey Devil? Oh. Yeah. So we moved to New Jersey in the year 2000. In yep. the year 2000. In the year 2000. And I immediately was acquainted with the Jersey Devil and was just kind of happy that I was moving to a place that had a monster. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really understand what it was. We did have Momo in Missouri, but we didn't know about it. I still barely know about it. That's something that we'll cover someday. That's uh, like the Missouri version of um, Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, what I know about the Jersey Devil is that it was the 13th child born to Mrs. Leeds, mm-hmm. and it haunts the Pine Barrens? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much, that's also, I realized, pretty much all I knew. It's just been such a constant, like I've known about it ever since we yeah. moved here, that I figured that I pretty much got it, that that's right. it. But there's a lot of cool, weird stuff to it. Yeah, I know that it is one of those things where there are like a bunch of permutations and mm-hmm. details mm-hmm. and stuff. I'll, do you know where the Pine Barrens are? That's a place we South, could go to. Yeah, they're in South Jersey. You've probably driven through them. Um, like oh, the, without even realizing. The turnpike ends up going through or by them, like south-south, oh. like by um, by Pennsylvania and stuff. Okay. Um, it looks like you would guess. Tons of pine. I wish I wrote it down. I forgot. That was the thing I was trying to remember to write down. But um, it is immensely huge. Yeah. It's like 100 million acres or something insane. Oh, wow. Maybe that, maybe not. That number sounds crazy to me now, but I remember reading it and thinking to myself, God, that seems like a number that couldn't even be for an amount of land in New Jersey. Especially it's something that's crazy. like untouched and not developed on. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. It's really weird. Yeah. So the Pine Barrens, like we just said, I guess you could piece it together from what we just said. It's an area of Southern Jersey that's just humongous pine trees and nothing else. Yeah. Um, for a ton of space. There are towns around it and everything, but there is just undeveloped land of a humongous, massive amount of just pine trees. Huh, okay. So yeah, so the Jersey Devil is supposed to hang out there. And so what I knew about it basically was that it was this creature that haunts the pine barrens and parent pine barrens in some way. And I knew what it looked like vaguely, which is that it has like it basically is like a um like, remember that book from when we were kids where you could flip it and it'd be like a different head of a different animal, a different torso, different legs. You can make like different weird combinations. Kind of. With this book. Yeah. Or it's like the island of Dr. Moreau. But it, it's said to have the body of a kangaroo, the head of a horse or a goat, bat wings, horns, um, little arms with claw hands, like a tyrannos- tyrannosaurus, um, cloven hoofs for yeah. feet and stands on it stands on two legs and like a horned tail okay so i knew that and pine barrens and that's sweet and that's pretty much it it's sweet yeah <laughs> but that's there's a lot to it so there is the story which i i did also know the story of mrs leeds or mother leeds they would call her well all, having, literally all i know about her is that her name is mrs leeds right you know what i mean like right. i know that the jersey devil is born to mrs leeds but who she is or anything mm-hmm. i do not know well it seems likely that mrs leeds is kind of an amalgamation of ideas about the Leeds family. So there is a woman who you can find in records named Deborah Leeds who did have 12 children. Oh. So that kind of keeps with it that she had 13 kids. The 13th was the Jersey Devil. But now knowing about the Leeds family history as a whole, which is crazy and I'm stoked about it, it seems like 
either she and the 12 children, then the 13th was a scapegoat thing, or it's just kind of a story. There are a lot of things that have to do with the lead story that all kind of feed into the legend. And so it could just be the legend coalesces in this story, and it's yeah. not even about anybody in particular. And especially when you have something that's an idea, mm-hmm. you know, the Jersey Devil is a concept. Yeah. Um, that can gobble up facts. Yes. You know, so you yes. can start. It's It's a hub. And you can mm-hmm. just start attaching things to it. So you can be like, just like the Jersey Devil itself. It seems like there's attached animal parts to a thing, and that's yeah. how it became the Jersey Devil. Yeah, you remember Looney Tunes, where some the the there was like a very famous cartoon in Looney Tunes where the artist's hand keeps coming in and erasing pieces oh, yeah. uh-huh. of the characters and yeah. drawing in new settings and stuff. And he ends up putting like a dress and four feet on Daffy Duck and keeps turning him into like a weirder and weirder monster. Yeah. That's kind of what happened to the Jersey Devil over time. Yeah. Like in terms of like uh, uh, language transforming it where yeah. people are like, it's the 13th child. You picture a baby. It has cloven hooves. You picture <laughs> yeah. a baby with cloven hooves now. Like changing it as we talk about it over and right. over again. Right. Um, well, it pretty much was always that thing that I just described. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's said there are different versions of the story, but it was never really like, oh, it was just a kangaroo that can fly or whatever. It was always pretty much that description of like a weird kangaroo with a weird head and <laughs> stands on two legs and has, um, I was called, well, it does have arms, wings and all that kind of stuff. Like that was always the Jersey Devil. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, what I was really trying to say was like, here's the central idea, Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. And then you go like, well, where does it live? The Pine Barrens are scary. All right, plug the Pine Barrens into the legend. Okay, where did it come from? It probably had a mother. Here's this lady that we're probably trying to like do harm to. Right. (laughs) Why don't we We plug the legend of Mrs. Leeds and her 12 children into it? Boom. Oh, that's even more perfect because 13 is a scary number, so it was the 13th child. So you just keep plugging things into this central node and turning them all into pieces of the legend. Not quite. It doesn't really work that way for this, but... I like where your head's at. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so here is the deal. Because there was a Leeds family who lived in the Pine Barrens at the time or by the Pine Barrens or whatever. So it kind of like things coalesce in a way that's a little bit more organic than that, basically. Okay. So um, the Leeds lived there like in early New Jersey, like early settlers time, like the 1700s. And they were Quakers. And Daniel Leeds, who was like the head of a family, had a wife and kids and everything, um, started writing an almanac. So that was a thing that people did a lot back then. So almanacs, I didn't see how often like his almanac came out. It seems to me that they came out more often than the farmer's almanac that you might have heard of today, which is an annual thing. So almanacs basically predict natural events for whatever period of time they're covering. So weather, tidal things, and the way that those are going to affect crops and your life. But it's basically predicting natural events. Interesting. Um, And people use science to do it and everything. But Daniel Leeds was using astrology. And so he would have stuff about astrology and the planets and the way they're affecting crops and stuff. And maybe even human behavior definitely later on in his almanac, which was not the jam. It was supposed to just be like the natural world or whatever. Um, so the, the Quakers community found the writing in symbols pagan and blasphemous. Oh, no. Yeah. And they ostracized him. That's they were the like, worst the Leeds family is like freaky and the worst. Yeah. You don't want to be called like a pagan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. God forbid. In olden days. No. Th- then just, it's over. Yeah. That's a yeah. big problem, especially if you're part of a religious community, which yeah. the Quakers are. Although the Quakers, like, kind of one of the fundamentals of being a Quaker, as I understand it, is that so back then, and at least in this area, there are basically mostly Quakers and Puritans. And Quakers are kind of like, as long as you're a good person, you're going to go to heaven. Like, okay. as long as you're nice, it's all chill. And Puritans were like, no, you have to follow this set of rules. Oh, all basically. right. So you would think that the Quakers may have been a little bit more permissive as right. far as astrology and stuff. And maybe it was just like, well, I guess two some things there. are hands off. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not being a good person. Right, exactly. If you're, if you're looking pagan idea- yeah. to that kind of stuff. Like, um, it was just interesting. In a weird way, that does sound more open than like the Puritans to just be yeah. like, well, just be a good person. But if you start going like, what does it mean to be a good person? Exactly. What, what are the parameters? Because you're still saying if you're a good person, yeah. then we're chill. But what, what is beyond the if? Yeah. What's good to you? Yeah. And what happens if I'm not that? Right. I guess in a way, <laughs> at least the Puritans have like their set of rules. Yeah, that I know, you know exactly, exactly what to what's do. Up. Like where's the, 
What if you don't know, realize that your line's stepping as a Quaker? Yeah. So he sounds kind of badass to me, Daniel Leeds. Okay. He went even further into occult stuff and symbolism, partially because he was into it and partially as a little bit of an F you to the Quakers for yeah, ostracizing yeah. him in the first place. So in his future almanacs, he started talking more about um, the occult mysticism and started getting into natural magic. Sounds sweet to me. Natural magic. Yeah. Um, so I think kind of of the earth, like there are kind of different branches of magic or like witchiness or whatever. So it's, you know, some people are, um, I mean, I don't remember all the names. There are things like hedge witches, green witches, which is very about, um, plants and stuff like okay. that. When it said natural magic, I took it to mean like magic of the land, okay, like planty kind of stuff as yeah. opposed to like, even though he was obviously into astrology, but as opposed to other things, maybe he was just very into the magic of the land. Yeah, I, I don't guess know. that's opposed to unnatural, perhaps, like tampering with the laws of maybe. nature and life and death. Maybe. No necromancy then. For no, you. I don't think so. It seems like it'd be like, you know, fairly here's how benign. You make a, here's how you grow a nice magic. grape. Yes, there is a magic to yep. that, yep. I would say. Gotcha. Um, so it was already a kind of a controversial thing, and people knew about it, because obviously the world is a little bit smaller back then. Right. And then also the then British governor of New Jersey, which is funny to think about. Like, you forget that this stuff happened not that long ago. Like, the 1700s, this was like British land, which yeah. is very nuts to me. His name was Lord Cornbury. <laughs> Thank you for that. Lord Cornbury. Oh, so he endorsed Daniel Leeds in his almanacs. He was into it. He was liking this natural magic. Lend me your ear, Lord yeah. Cornbury. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so that pissed off the Quakers even more because they're already like, all right, this guy is yeah. like pagan and blaspheming. Plus, he's a traitor because he's in with the British. Like, right. they like him and he appreciates they like him. Like, the Leeds suck and they're evil. <laughs> so- Listen up, everyone. The Leeds suck. <laughs> So then time goes on and everything. He has his almanac, but he gets older and he passes it on to his son, Titan. Excellent name, Titan Leeds. So Titan eventually took over the almanac and he was still, he was into all the same stuff that his dad was into. So he kept printing it the same way and it had a lot of occult mysticism stuff and he kept up with the astrology angle of it. And it seems like at least by this time, if it wasn't always that way, that they were using astrology in the context of the almanac to use it the way that we think of astrology today, like either predicting events or sort of like not in a concrete way, but having a feeling of where things might be going in your life based on what's going on with the stars, the vibe or like things you might want to concentrate on right now because they are kind of being supported by what's going on with the planet. So like may as well use that planetary guidance as momentum. Sure. Now you see Jupiter is like this right now. So you don't want to do that. So you might want to be like that. Like that. Like, yeah. So you might want to like not only clean your room, but also mine. Right. You get it. You, you know? get it. So that's where Titan was at. Yeah. You know who didn't like that, William? A rival almanac maker <laughs> named Benjamin Franklin. What? Ever heard of him? Benjamin Franklin's involved in this? Yes. This sounds like the show Sleepy Hollow now where like Benjamin Franklin is somehow connected to the legend of a demon. I know. I had no idea. It's so awesome. Okay. I it rang a little bit of a bell because the first well, this isn't my the first book I ever got on Kindle was called Occult America. And it was about the history of occult stuff in America and how it kind of helped shape us. Okay. Uh well, you know, shaped America or whatever. And I vaguely remembered Benjamin Franklin being thrown into the mix, but I did not know it had anything to do with the jersey devil interesting so he also had an almanac and he was aware of titan's leeds almanac and he thought it was silly it was like his competition so it seems like it was partially like this is dumb but also kind of like a little defensive like well yours isn't the real almanac but like uh, shoot like what if people like that you know what i mean we destroy the competition yeah uh so he kind of did he was petty as hell which i love and he ran something in his almanac mocking the astrology used by the Leeds Almanac, but it's also a little dark in its pettiness. So it used astrology to predict Titan's death. Whoa. So um, that was a thing. And Titan found out about that and thought he was evil and crappy. and was like, I hate Benjamin Franklin. It was like crap talking him. Benjamin Franklin became aware of that and he remained just as petty as he had been. And um, he came up with the sick burn that Titan actually had died the way that he had predicted in his almanac. So let's say the date passed that Benjamin Franklin said Titan's going to die. Yeah. And Titan's still alive during his almanac. He's like, oh, you know what? Titan, maybe he's been a ghost. He died when I said and he's a ghost. And that's why he's able to predict things in his almanac because he's seeing it from the other realm. Like, right, Titan? What? You believe in that stuff. 
I know. Benjamin Franklin was a loser. That's lame. I know. Benjamin Franklin's a nerd. Yes, big time. Um, so that put out the idea and the running joke from Benjamin Franklin that Titan Leeds was a ghost. And he kept that up even after Titan Leeds actually died. Like, you would still joke about him being a ghost and stuff. You'd kind of hope that, that you know, you'd drop it at a certain point. And yeah. Just get, like, let's just be respectful. Now. Even now when he dies, yeah. he's like, oh, Titan, why don't you predict something? Oh, you can't. Now you're a real ghost. Oops. Sorry, Titan. I guess you're seriously actually tr- <laughs> truly a ghost now. Hey, everyone, look at me. Look at me. I have someone else I want to say about Titan. He's stupid and he's dead. <laughs> Such a loser. I won because I'm cooler. And, I'm still and also one of our sketchballiest presidents, right? So Not a president. Benjamin. Oh, you're right. He wasn't a president. Never mind. <laughs> Am I thinking of Thomas? J- you know what? Let's move on. It's going to upset mom. Um, so did this ghoulish association to Titan Leeds right. kind of feed to the whole like the Leeds family is evil sort of thing? Mm, yeah. I think probably put a little fuel on that fire. The Jersey Devil is born of a ghost. That's right. So the Leeds family is evil. They're into the occult and stuff like that. Of course. They're traitors, so people don't like that. Then Titan Leeds has Benjamin Franklin making fun of him and calling him a ghost and stuff. <laughs> um, then the Leeds family crest had a wyvern on it or a wyvern. I don't know how you pronounce that, which is an animal that is a bat-like winged creature that stands on two legs oh interesting so people seem to think that that all together the lead family is evil they're ghosts and into the occult maybe plus the fact that their family crest had this thing on it all whipped up into this story and rumor be- that became right. somebody in the leads family had a baby and it was a devil it was a monster so the story of the jersey devil there are some different iterations of it but with the mrs leeds thing going to a little bit further was that this mrs leeds or mother leeds had 12 children and got pregnant again and at one point during her pregnancy was exhausted from all the kids running around and everything and it was like oh just let this one be a devil like just whatever right it's either that or the other story is that she said, like, I'll give this child to the devil. Just take it from me. Now, why would she do either one of those? I don't know. Like, like sense. I'll give this child to the devil at least, like, has some sort of internal logic where you're like, uh, uh, I've got too many children. Mm-hmm. This one needs to go away. Right. But the other one. Of oh, being totally. Like, let this one be a devil. Let this one be a devil. It's just like. That's just going to be a problem for you. Yeah. Why do you want a devil in the family? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those are the two main ideas of Mother Leeds talking about this or making it happen. Okay. And then it said that she had the baby at home like they did and that there was either a midwife or a few midwives and that she had the baby and it was a normal human baby at first and then it started to morph and change. Oh. So it grew in size. It sprouted wings. Its head started changing shape. It turned into the Jersey Devil description that we've talked about and that people say they have seen. Wow. Killed the mother, killed the midwives or midwife, went in the other room and killed as many of the family as like it could. Like the day it was born. Yes. Like in, all, oh, right, immediately. immediately. Yeah, okay. immediately. Went in and killed all the rest of the family and then either just left the house or I prefer ran up to the chimney and flew up the chimney and flew out. Love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those are, that's the main story with some of those variations about how the Jersey Devil came to be. Okay. So then there were sightings of the Jersey Devil around the area of the the Pine Barrens in the 18 and 1900s. Like, um, it would just basically, most of them were the kind of things similar to how we've talked about with ghosts. It's all sweet, but it's mostly just kind of like, oh, I saw something that scared me with right. not a ton of crazy variation. But the thing that seems to be a through line was hearing the screaming of the Jersey Devil. That is in a lot of stories, which is like a horrendous, loud noise that people say is somewhere between a human and a demon and an animal. Just wow. this loud, insane shriek. Yeah. So that's happening a lot all during this type. People in this area, like through the Delaware Valley, are aware of the Jersey Devil being a thing. Somebody's ha- Some people have had encounters with it or they know somebody who has, and it's a legend. Then, I didn't know this at all, and this is crazy to me. There was a week in 1909 where the Jersey Devil went ham. Really? And a ton of people saw it. It was in newspapers and stuff. It is crazy. And I'm so curious about what happened here. Yeah. Because full disclosure, I don't believe that there's a Jersey Devil. Well, sure. I know that there are lots of things that I am like, well, maybe. Like, I think that there could be some sort of Bigfoot species out there or something that we just haven't caught. It's hard. I think it's within the realm of possibility. I think it's within the realm of possibility for there to be a creature that we have not 
yeah. documented yet. This, though, is supposed to be like, it doesn't seem like with Bigfoot where it's kind of like there are a race of Bigfoot or something. People are talking about there being a Jersey Devil. Yeah. I don't think that that's a thing. Right. But I would love to know what is happening during this week. Yeah. What happened in 1909? What was the like instigating event? This is wild. Okay. So first, and remember, people in this area are all very aware of the Jersey Devil. Um, so during this week, it started to be that there are footprints all over the place. So they are under fences, like it'll be up to a fence, then they continue on the other side, across rooftops. Tons of footprints everywhere, yeah. like cloven hoof prints or whatever, um, all across southern New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And people were panicking and freaking out because they're aware that the Jersey Devil is a thing and other footprints everywhere. Um, also, all during this time that I'm going to talk about, livestock is being killed. Oh. Like in this whole area, mostly chickens. Oh. So it seems like there was a preference. Yeah. Um, people were panicking and then they got especially freaked out because bloodhounds were refusing to follow the scent what? of whatever this was they were just like no thank you apparently which is freaky i That's get that great. like if their bloodhounds are trained to like do this stuff and they're just like nope mm, nope that's no. definitely alarming no like there's a, you can see the footprints go off yeah. in the woods and the bloodhounds are just staying nah. there probably look up at their owner yeah. And they're trained to go. Yeah. That is alarming. That's very alarming. Um, schools were closed in the area or had low attendance. What? And mills had to close because people were refusing to go through the woods of the Pine Barrens to get to their jobs at the mills. Oh, come on. So eyewitnesses saw it in Camden, New Jersey, and in Bristol, Pennsylvania. And at those two places, police fired on it, but they couldn't bring it down. I'm sorry. It what? flew away. There are reports of civil servants a few times in this week. So yeah, police saw it. There was an incident where it showed up on the roof of someone's house and firemen turned their hose on it. So that makes you picture like when firemen come to a house, like with yeah. trucks or whatever was going on at that time. There's like a troop of firemen or whatever you call them right. at this thing shooting a hose. So what is this? That there are like a million witnesses for this thing. So it said they turned the hose on it, but it attacked them and then flew away, uh, which I pictured to me and it flew toward them, freaked them out right. and then flew away. Cause it didn't Swoops say that down to them. Yeah. Cause it didn't say that anybody like died or anything. Right. Um, it also showed up at a late night social club, which I appreciate as a 1909 thing, <laughs> freaked people out and went away terrorized two trolley cars full of people. Oh, no. So I imagine for one of them, it may kind of like flew next to them and freaked them out and flew away. The other one, it said that it scurried across the tracks in front of them and everybody oh, was like, ah! that's terrifying. Oh, completely. Um, let me see. Oh, and the, the last one of that week was that a woman came outside and she saw it starting to attack her dog and she hit it with a broom and it flew away. Oh, so that was in 1909, and it was just like the January 16th to 23rd. You guys can Google it. It went nuts for this week for some reason. And it was just like super active and super seen, I guess, is more the thing. Because I guess for all you know, it could be in the Pine Barrens active as hell all the time. Yeah. And that's how people have these stories. They happen to go into its territory, and then they happen to see it or hear it screaming or whatever. Now, that makes me think of Jeepers Creepers. There was a one-week period of time where for some reason there's a flurry of activity. Oh, I don't remember that about you know, Jeepers like Creepers. Maybe okay. it's like once a century or something, you know? Maybe, because is, is that a thing about the Mothman too, or am I just thinking of Jeepers? Maybe I'm just thinking of Jeepers Creepers. Mm, I think yeah, it's not a thing about the Mothman. Yeah, the, Jeepers Creepers almost feeds like um it a little bit, right? Uh, I mean, kind of, he literally like gobbles people up and steals their body parts. But like, right. for him, it's like every 27 years, right. he returns for three days or something like that. You, you know? mean Pennywise? No, no, or, no, yeah, Jeepers Creepers. But isn't that kind of the same as Pennywise? Oh, like the the actual like hibernation. Thing. Yeah, hibernation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes up, goes to town, and then goes back right, in. Right. So I guess it's kind of similar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because there there are reports of the Jersey Devil like all the time, but it just seemed like he like came out to play publicly. Yeah. For that week or whatever. That's wild. And then a story that's a little bit more modern day that's from Weird New Jersey. So if you Google Jersey Devil Weird New Jersey, you'll find a ton of stuff because. Um, like that's that's only the way that we found out about it like when we moved here and everything yeah weird new jersey is covered it a lot so i just pulled one of my fav favorite stories about it that wasn't just um you know i was driving that i heard the screaming of the jersey devil or whatever this one's a little bit freakier and atmospheric so i decided to go with this one so this is from somebody named keith and he had gone um hunting and camping in the pine barrens 
So he said, um, on his way back from hunting, he said, something started following me back in the trees. It tailed me back to my camp and circled while I cooked my dinner. This kept up uh, until about two hours after dark. And let me tell you, it was one dark night. I'd finally decided that my visitor had moved on and crawled into my tent. When I just started to calm down, I heard a foot stomp down right behind the tent. I got all set to jump out when this thing, whatever it was, started screaming. I would compare the volume of the scream to a large truck's horn. I couldn't decide what to do. I had my bow and knife, but they didn't seem like much. After several blasts, it just stopped. I didn't hear a sound except my heart for about an hour. I was sure that if I stuck my head out of the tent, I'd lose it. In the morning, I could find no tracks in the pine needles. To this day, I still don't like sleeping in tents. I'd rather take my chances in the open. Honestly, it's the scream that would be the worst. The scream and the idea of a giant, like, thump, yeah. foot stomp right behind the tent, and then that kind of screaming. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's very Blair Witchy. Yes. To me. Yes, which is why I suggested Blair well, Witch yeah. coverage to you. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was like a, I think there was a found footage movie that came out before the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't found footage because Blair Witch like really made their name on found footage as mm-hmm. a format. But I think there was a movie that came out like the year before the Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. that was about people going into the Pine Barrens to find the Jersey Devil. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And it, and it didn't like make like much of a splash. And yeah. Then one year later, the Blair Witch Project comes out and like destroys. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I'll oh, have that's to look cool. It up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Isn't it sweet? And so it's in pop culture stuff a lot. It's in an episode of Supernatural, which I haven't seen. The New Jersey Devils. Right. Um, yeah, are the, named the for, the, for the Jersey Devil. Um, lots of stuff. It's like one of the most prevalent ones. Oh, there was a video game that I played called The Wolf Among Us. That's one of those okay. telltale games like you can play on the iPad where it's almost like to call it. A, I mean, it's a game, but it's just like there's very little gameplay. You're basically watching a cartoon every once in a while. You have to like make a choice like a choose your own adventure kind of thing and it shapes the story yeah it really is kind of i just thought of that it's, it, it's like basically a, a choose your own adventure game it's a like a point and click uh-huh. uh adventure game choose yeah. Your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's pretty it's pretty easy it's basically just kind of like fun to play and watch the story and um the jersey devil is in that oh um, like as a creature mm-hmm. oh wow yeah because the, the plot of it is that there are creatures from fairy tales or urban legends and stuff i guess um who have been put into the real world Okay. For some reason, I can't remember what the deal is, and he was one of the people who was put into the real world. Huh. Um, but yeah, the Jersey Devil's in a lot of pop culture stuff, and it's really sweet. Also known as the Leeds Devil, I forgot the to mention Leeds that, which I like. Devil, yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like anything where it, it, there's something kind of quaint about, like obviously there's the devil, uh-huh. but I like it when it's like the blank. Devil. I do too. I you do know, too. It's suggesting that like many things can be devils. Yes. To be a devil is just like a specific kind of demon or yeah. something. But yeah, yeah there totally. Can be multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah. that's it. That's the Jersey Devil. Very cool. Right? We'll have to go to the Pine Barrens sometime. Yeah, totally. Do a little I live would. stream from the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, well, Kristen, you mentioned uh, in there, what was it, Benjamin Leeds? Uh, Daniel Leeds Dan- or Titan Leeds? Who was it that Benjamin Franklin made fun of beyond the grave? Titan Leeds. Titan Leeds. Yeah. Titan Leeds uh, uh, would perhaps be upset if he knew that Benjamin Franklin was making fun of his death. I think he probably would, William. Perhaps he would come back seeking vengeance. Perhaps. Kristen, this week on the show. The vengeful spirit of Benjamin Franklin. Or wait, of Titan Leeds. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about ghosts. Ooh, okay. Several times on Overall. Guide to the Unknown, we have talked about stuff like banshees, yep. poltergeists, uh, the women in white. Yes. You can go look up all these previous episodes. Uh, they tend to be my favorite. Yeah. And I realized at a certain point. Just as a category of thing. It's because yeah. I love ghosts oh hell, ghosts are the ultimate yeah yeah the idea of uh somebody dead uh from beyond the grave still lurking around on earth yeah perhaps they have unfinished business mm-hmm. uh what could it be <laughs> i looked up some of the history of what ghosts. could it be yeah well i looked up some of the history of just ghosts yeah. in general cool because uh, i love the concept yeah so uh uh right away it turns out that ghosts as a topic uh-huh. is almost like a best of guide to the unknown. Great. So many things that we've talked about before came back. Yeah. In my research. That makes on total sense to me. In general. So uh, the word ghost uh-huh. uh, travels through like a bunch of different languages and stuff, whatever. Yeah. At some point, there's a proto Germanic version, mm-hmm. which is Geistas. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. 
<laughs> lovely it's a beautiful language. language, yeah. But it all sounds like Geist. Yeah. You know, like Poltergeist. Uh, Willy Geist. Willy Geist. Uh, but what it really means, that original version of Geist, which is like G-H-E-Y-S-D. Yeah. Fury, anger, rage. Oh, hell yeah. So, like, is Geyser at all related to that? You know what I mean? Like, a Geyser is, like, psh, like kind of violent. I don't know, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to say definitely yes. So it's almost like ghosts are like from the, like a geyser from the portals of yeah. the other worlds. Well, interestingly, with a geyser, you would also get that sort of like not only the water shooting out, but also the mist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the big things about ghosts that when you picture it in your head, if you're not picturing somebody wearing, you know, like a bed sheet uh-huh. with two eye holes cut right. out, you're picturing a person that you can see through. Right. Like it's in some way, shape, or form va- vaguely shaped like a live human being, except it's composed of this white vapor. Uh-huh. Where that actually comes from is uh, one of the ancient beliefs that when you see your breath, yeah. when it is cold out, oh, okay. that is your soul. Mm-hmm. And so that is yeah. obviously then what we would use to picture ghosts. That's awesome. Uh, also, evidently, when God created Adam, he used dust uh-huh. and the breath of God. Right. Yeah. So a lot of ghosts and even uh, some of the word ghost comes from breath yeah. itself. Huh. Like just vapor. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Vapor coming from people. Cool. Oh, uh, boy. I know a little something about that. Some synonyms here. We got specter, wraith. Phantom, Ooh. apparition, shade. God, I love all these words. Shade uh-huh. is a is a really I'd never heard that for ghost before. Seldom used one. Yeah. Um yeah, it's like it's very old. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like fourteenth like century or yeah. something like that. You saw somebody's shade. Huh. Uh, and here's one I did not know, but was cited as if it's a normal thing. Yeah. A haint? I've heard that before. You've heard that? Uh-huh. H-A-I-N-T. Seems like an old thing. It's cited as being from the southern yeah. of the US. Huh. Haint. I have, yeah, I've, I haven't heard it a ton, but I rings a bell. Very weird. Yeah. So, um, in looking this up, some of this goes back to uh, uh, Germanic folklore, uh-huh. uh, in particular Odin. Uh huh. Which he's like you'd imagine him from Norse folklore. Yeah. Odin. Yeah. Um, except in the Germanic version, uh, he is also known as a Lord of Fury. Sweet. Who leads the wild hunt. Cool. See also the headless horse. Yeah, absolutely. Just last week. Huh. Very, very weird. Cool. Uh, but Odin uh, was also a conductor of the dead. He would guide them. Yeah. He was what you might call a guy of the unknown. Oh. Well, yes. <laughs> what were you going to say? Psychopomp. Oh, yes, of course. Have you ever heard that word before? No. A psychopomp is uh, a figure that guides the dead. Awesome. In the next world. Did you know that? No. <laughs> they are not there to judge. Psychopomp. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you think about like Charon, the ferryman yeah. from Greek mythology. Yeah. He just drives the boat. Yeah. Bringing the dead to the underworld. He's a psychopomp. He's a psychopomp. If you think about uh, a bunch of characters in the movie that I just watched, Beetlejuice, ah. where they have the guide uh, for the recently deceased. And you travel to the underworld and you have a caseworker yeah. who's there to help you along your way to learn how to exist in this new world of the dead. Uh-huh. That is a psychopomp. Huh. Do you know I've never seen all of Be- Beetlejuice before? Oh, you're out of your mind. I know. Kristen, you are in for one freak show of a treat. Not that interested. Kristen, it's great. Are I you... know. I know. I'll do it eventually. It's also annoying. I, it doesn't really appeal to me. It looks annoying. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I actually really, really like Michael Keaton. Um, but he looks like too much for me. <laughs> oh, you were, oh my God. Then we are on totally different wavelengths. Michael I've, Keaton is awesome. Yeah. And the way that he acts in that movie is so much, but it all works I, for me. At yeah. Least. I highly No, you and everybody else. I highly recommend that you watch. I don't Beetlejuice. hate Beetlejuice or anything, but I just don't feel drawn to watch it. Yeah. I guess I can get that. Yeah. Um, it is a lot, but uh, honestly, the more that I was researching Ghost, the more that I realized that that movie, mm-hmm. similarly, I guess maybe I'm just doing pairings at this point, uh-huh. but last week I talked a lot about Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow and how that was yeah. actually a pretty solid um, condensing of the, the legend of the Headless Horseman and mm-hmm. updating it. Beetlejuice is a really solid look at evidently 
ghost lore. Well, did, isn't Beetlejuice like isn't isn't there a weird like German word for that or something? It's like Beetlejuice or whatever. I, yeah, it's it's actually Beetlejuice. I think it's like a cosmic term. Uh huh. There's a lot of weird stuff in that movie. You yeah, go, they go to Saturn in that movie. Really? Did you know that? No. They literally go to the planet Saturn. I basically here's what I know about Beetlejuice. I know how he looks, and I don't love it. Um, I know that scene where they do Deo. I know the that the Deo scene did not age well for me. I, I was watching, I was very annoyed. I love Catherine O'Hara. I love Catherine O'Hara. And she was really irritating me. Yeah. Um I know that Alec Baldwin and June Davis like live in an attic or something and that they're dead. So yeah, premise for Beetlejuice, probably spoilers for Beetlejuice. Uh huh. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are a couple uh that live in a very small town. They go out one morning to uh to go get stuff. He's a hobby guy, so he's making like a miniature model. Of the they town. have a model, right? Yeah. When they're driving back, they're driving over a covered bridge. Uh-huh. They almost hit a dog, but turn the wheel at the last second. Uh driving. Is the dog Frankenweenie? Uh it's a very Frankenweenie-esque dog. It might be the same kind of dog. Yeah. Uh and they drive through the side of the covered bridge onto the water. Okay. Uh they walk back up to the house soaking wet. Uh, there's a fire lit in there. They don't know they they're dead. Light, uh-huh. And on the side table is the guidebook for the recently deceased. Okay. Um, every time they leave the house. That's cool. It's wonderful. Kristen, I'm telling you. I like that wonderful. they come home and like, okay. Mm-hmm. And just the stage is sort of set for yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, every time they leave the house, uh-huh. they're transported. You think about the idea of why ghosts haunt a particular place. Why can't they leave? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just want to leave at a certain point when you get sick of being yeah. there or something? Uh, on two levels. One, these characters love this house. Uh, this has been their home for a long time. Mm-hmm. They have like designed this place. They don't want to leave. Yeah. But they are terrified. And mm-hmm. so they try to leave sometimes. And when they step outside the front door, they find themselves teleported to a place. It's like a desert uh-huh. in the middle of nowhere. And there are creatures, uh, swimming around in the sand. I can picture that kind of. Now, Alec Baldwin steps foot off the porch and is standing in the sand dunes and Gina Davis pulls him back and he's been gone for hours. Oh. So there's timeline displacement stuff. Oh, love that. Yeah. So uh, what's going on is time fast forwards. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, and oh, yeah. uh, m- oh, um, Morgan Maitland. I, yeah, I was like, I don't know his name. I know who you're talking about. No, but- who is she? She is from Stranger Things. Winona. Oh, Winona Ryder. Ryder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they move into the house. I completely forgot that Winona Ryder was involved in this until you just said that. I totally yeah. forgot that. Lydia Dietz, She's of course. Kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they move in. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are not happy about that. And right. they start seeing advertisements for a bio exorcist, uh-huh. which is Beetlejuice. What he does is that he, uh, uh, you think about like somebody might want to, uh, Kick the ghosts out of your house. Come in and do some sage smudging. He kicks the the real people out of your house. I can't believe that. I just realized I had. If you had said I will give you five hundred dollars to tell me the plot of Beetlejuice just Uh, now, I would have. I would have no idea. It is a. I can't believe I don't even know what Beetlejuice is about. It is a so weird. Brilliant premise. That's a great idea. They basically hire and regret hiring Uh Beetlejuice to get rid of these living people out of their house. I'll be damned. And in doing all of this, they Sounds travel good. to the to the world of the dead where... Yeah, there's a waiting room. There's a waiting room, and the way that you died is how you look forever now. Yeah. There's a guy that was like... Uh, 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 he like obviously like died in a fire or something, uh-huh. and he's sitting around in the waiting room lighting cigarettes, and he goes, you want one? And they go like, no. And he goes, yeah, I should probably quit myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like burned to a crisp. <laughs> it's like really out there. It's really crazy. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Huh. Um, and Otho is this big lunk weirdo. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's a psychic or That's who I thought you were talking about when you were saying Morgan whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I don't okay. know his name. Yeah. But uh, he ends up getting his hands on the guidebook to the dead. Okay. And summoning the ghosts of Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Basically to prove that they exist kind of. Oh, and okay. And he does it wrong. And uh, as a result, he's kind of destroying them. Oh. And there are, it's actually really upsetting. And they're like, what's happening to them? Because they're aging really rapidly. Yeah. Which is also sad because those characters don't get to age. Yeah. But suddenly they're aging rapidly and they're wearing the clothes they wore on their wedding day. Uh huh. Because to do this ritual, Otho needed something that belonged to the couple. Uh huh. And they had this in one of the closets. So Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, dressed like a bride and groom, are aging rapidly in front of each other. 
and falling apart. And oh, at God. one point, Alec Baldwin tries to hold Gina Davis's hand and it crumbles. Oh, no. And and then somebody goes, it's actually kind of touching because everybody that's there, they're like, it's amazing. Like, they did the Deo thing. It's like a party trick, whatever. And then when well, they why see did they do Deo? That's what I was about to ask to you. To scare them. And it didn't work. They enjoyed it. Wait, wait, wait. Who wait, what do you mean? They the people did Deo to scare the ghosts? No, the ghosts made everybody there's a very famous They're thing in the possessed? movie. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. They were trying to freak them out. Okay. And by doing that, they thought like, oh my God, we got them so scared they're gonna run away. But it turns out everybody really loved it. And so they're like Even though they knew that they were kind of possessed at that moment, yes. they liked it. Okay. Yes. Uh and so they just want to see the ghosts basically as if it's a game. Okay. So Otho summons them. They start aging rapidly and decaying. Yeah. And the parents start turning to Otho. It's almost like a like a dinner party they're all having. Yeah. And they turn to Otho and they're like, what's happening to them? And he goes, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. And it's actually kind of a, emotional and warped because it's just like huh. he was dabbling with things that he has yeah, no Yeah, he ought business. not to dabble with. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, there's all this crazy stuff going on with Beetlejuice. Anyway, really enough about Beetlejuice. <laughs> Sure. Kind of sure. besides the point, but I highly recommend you watch it. Okay. Um, so generally about ghosts. Yes. A lot of people seem to like the the idea that when you die, you go somewhere else. Or that the per- the people that you mm-hmm. know and love, when they're gone, they're not really gone. Yeah. And they can even still communicate in some subtle ways. Mm-hmm. But the second that you take that same idea and say that that person is still around here on Earth, mm-hmm. it's evidently very scary. Uh-huh. You know, like, that's really the difference between, like, yeah. comfortable afterlife and scary ghosts. Right, right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Or that they're tangible, because I guess it's still the idea that they're still around somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of not that dissimilar than them being here. It's just that if you see them, then it becomes scary. Like, yeah. proof becomes scary. Proof is scary. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Uh, there are a few different types. They're not, like, cleanly defined where I can mm-hmm. ramble off a list or anything. But they basically break down as evil ghosts. Yeah. Or just completely benign. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. They're not trying to bother you type ghosts. Uh-huh. A big bad evil one is called a revenant. Ooh. Yeah. Now, this is when a ghost essentially possesses its own dead body. Oh, my. So it's almost decaying, rotted yeah, flesh. Yeah, yeah. Almost something between a zombie and a ghost. Oh, my God. Point. That's awesome. Definitely very physical, but yamahama. Seriously. Okay, well, I never saw it before, but that movie, The Revenant. It oh, does, I have no idea. Is, okay, I wonder if there's another meaning for the word revenant. Okay, yeah, anyway. I'm sure there is. Yeah. There, there must be. That's Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and a bear? Yep. Yeah, I don't think there are ghosts. Yeah. There. No, I don't either, but I just didn't know if you knew. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, all right. Ghosts throughout history. I found this pretty interesting. Yeah. In ancient Mesopotamia, ghosts were believed to be created at the time of death, taking on the personality and memory of the dead person. So it wasn't the dead person becomes a ghost. It was that there's this separate entity that takes... Interesting. Almost like a handoff. Yeah. Passing the baton. Yeah, you be this now. Right, yes. But exactly. you are a separate you than me, the person who's died. Yeah. Weird. Almost I almost picture it, I didn't get this from anywhere, but I almost pictured it as like the idea of like flanderizing your personality. So that the person that you are in life, this ghost that would be created based off of you right. is a pretty good imitation, right. but probably enhances certain characteristics of yours. What what does flanderizing mean? Uh, flanderizing is an idea of, it literally comes from Flanders on The Simpsons, uh-huh. where originally on The Simpsons, he was just sort of the annoyingly uptight, super religious neighbor. Yeah. Who like was just kind of like, yeah, okie dokie neighbor. Yeah. You can borrow my lawnmower. And then by season five, he's like, okie dokie 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 Oh, yeah. So you're just like amplifying yes, completely. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a, a Ned Flanders quote that we say a lot in our household. I guess he's talking to, I don't know who, but he goes, I can see your doodle. We say it to crumbs all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's Doodle or stuff. noodle? I can't remember which one, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so then those those people, according to ancient Mesopotamian ghost lore, of course, uh, those ghosts would then travel the netherworld and be given tasks to do. Uh-huh. Also kind of like Beetlejuice, where yeah. there's like this other society right, that happens. Right, with jobs. Right. That's also like the um, Icelandic elf society. Like they have their own like, it's just like our society, but yeah, that's in right. another realm. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Uh, in ancient Greece, the dead were said to hover around their own resting place. Mm-hmm. So wherever they're finally like buried in the ground or whatever, that's where the ghost stays. Yeah. However, they held annual feasts where all the ghosts were invited. 
However, at the end of the feast, they were also invited to go away and stay away. Interesting. Until next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of what I learned about in ghost lore is about rituals uh-huh. and making sacrifices to ghosts in a way. Okay. Uh, giving them food and drink. Yeah. Just so that they will not like turn vengeful. Yeah. Just kind angry. of like appease them. Yes. Just don't make them mad. Yeah. Um, ancient Rome. There are a lot of stories from ancient Rome. This one, uh, seems like it may have been one of the stories that kicked off a very famous trope in, uh, storytelling about ghosts. I've seen this okay. in movies and shows. Anyway, uh, this was, uh, written by a guy named Pliny the Younger. Hell of a name. Hell of a name. Good name. Uh, Pliny. Not the sexiest of the names that we've heard. Well, you know, it's some, not Pliny the Sexiest. So, sometimes we hear like some really cool names. Pliny the Younger. While I'm saying good name, it's not a cool name. It's also a temporary name. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Right. You get older and you're not Oh, I Pliny see what you're saying. Anymore. Right. Right. Uh, Doesn't stand the test of time. Pliny describes the haunting of a house in Athens, which was bought by the Stoic philosopher Athenodorus. Oh, who lived about a hundred years before Pliny. Knowing that the house was supposedly haunted, Athenodorus intentionally set up his writing desk in the room where the apparition was said to appear and sat there writing until late at night when he was disturbed by a ghost bound in chains. He followed the ghost outside where it indicated a spot on the ground. When Athenodorus later excavated the area, a shackled skeleton was unearthed. The haunting ceased when the skeleton was given a proper burial. Excellent. But yeah, that is a total thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the spirit is just restless. Right. Because it's not in the right place. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like the ring. That's sweet. The movie yeah. The ring has like a big thing about that. Yeah. And like, so that we're talking about uh, around the year 50. Wow. That yeah, f- so, 50. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Is when that was first written. So, yeah. you know. Everything it's is, that good. Yeah. And, you know, time is is endless going yeah. back. So, you know, maybe that was written a million sure. times more. And maybe Pliny the Younger stole it at right. a certain point or something. But and just like, kind of wrote it down in a way that it stood the test of time where we know that yes. that was the first written example of it. Yeah. Yeah. You got one over on. Or maybe it's just a, it's a story. It's just a thing maybe. that happens. Maybe, maybe it's not even that he's the first one who wrote it down. Maybe it's just like, yeah, it's the thing that has kept happening. Yeah. But how crazy is yeah. it that like just about 2,000 years ago, right? Uh, the first documented story of like, you know, we've got to bury this body on and hollow proper ground place. so yeah. the ghost will leave us alone. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, a lot of people try to shut down the existence of ghosts. Obviously, a lot of people believe in ghosts today. Mm-hmm. There are a million reality shows, ghost hunters, paranormal, you, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there are a bunch of people that try to go like, no, no, because... Here's why. If ghosts float and hover, then how come you also say that you hear pe- like footsteps stomping? Right, right. So do they hover or do they stomp? Yeah, which is which it? Which is it? Um, condensation could be calling, causing those electrical malfunctions. Of course. You know. Uh, oh, you saw a ghost out of the corner of your eye? Oh, really? Did you know that your peripheral vision is not really that uh, uh, that trustworthy good it doesn't <laughs> good. go around that far or something I yeah, yeah. My words i will say i know what you mean though uh for some reason recently i've been seeing a lot of things out of my peripheral vision me too that's funny specifically that really yes honestly even before i started researching this topic i'd get in the car and, and be like oh something is moving alongside the car because i saw something in the rear view mi- or the side mirror yeah and then looking there's nothing there yeah no specifically peripheral vision lately. like keep being like yeah i've been thinking yeah. about this stuff i mean i always kind of think about this stuff a lot but i've been thinking about my own uh feelings about ghosts and spirituality and stuff a lot lately so i've partially wondered if it's just my power of suggestion that i'm like oh i'm trying to tap into these places right. am i seeing things right but either way whether it's that or not i'm having that same experience where i keep feeling like i see stuff on my peripheral yeah vision. it's very weird and yeah. not something that typically yeah no it's recent for me yeah, yeah. or you know maybe William. something that happens constantly but i just don't notice it maybe but lately i've been noticing it out the yin yang maybe we're having a mutual haunting maybe that's hanging out in our periphs yeah that's not impossible no it's definitely possible. we do mess with these realms together often that is true. Us us dabbling yeah. in uh, the world of, of of the unnatural yeah. may not be Maybe. good for our longevity. Yeah. Well, there have been – I was just telling Mama Ryan something today. We have had a lot of things that are like coincidences or synchronicities on the show. And like there have yeah. been more recently like um, the thing that we both had people with the last name Cran. That was weird. Yeah, that was just last, last week. week. Um, 
what the hell was it? There was another thing with us. And then I wrote a celebrity horror story about Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Um, and that big movie just came out. Right. It was so weird. I didn't <laughs> think of that. No. Um, so it was like about a star is born. And in the short story that I wrote, there's the thing is that they have this ringing in their ears yeah, yeah. constantly. And that's like a minor plot point in a star is born. When yeah. I was watching it, there started being the sound of ringing in ears and i was like are they saying there's ringing in his ears and when they did i was like i told greg and mike next to me i was like that's because i was late meeting them because i was finishing this story up i was like the story i just wrote is about them having ringing in their ears yeah yeah it It, it is weird (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know i mean i still do believe in that thing of like is somebody whispering in your ear i know an idea and then you can either take it and run with it or not right uh very weird yeah we're tapped into something maybe yeah and it's showing up just outside of our vision. We should look up ley lines. I know that's a thing. Ooh, I wonder if we live on one. I wonder. We definitely do. Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's yeah. ghosts. That's like awesome. General, before you get into specific types of ghosts, again, yeah. many of which we've covered. But I always love the idea. I used to, when I was a kid, um, think about the idea that so many people uh, have died. Yeah. Uh, in in history just right. in human history that like if ghosts are real and they stick around on the earthly plane is it like if i could see ghosts would this room be packed i know with them? i know that's like a thing where yeah. there's like no elbow room yeah everyone's just like packed in like sardines standing right. shoulder to shoulder right um how do you move on? i don't know i mean i wonder if there could be you know multiple planes of existence maybe it's not because maybe they don't all have to be on the same plane of ghostly existence where it's like shoulder to shoulder maybe they can be in the same spot but kind of layered in a yeah, maybe. weird way or something who knows yeah who knows yeah uh all i know is that uh i also wanted to watch the patrick swayze movie ghost because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i know that they're as silly as it is there is also like a lot of rule building in there for yeah like how it works like if you're evil you get dragged by the shadow people down to hell right. and stuff um but ultimately i re- i i didn't actually didn't want feel to like it. it yeah exactly yeah like the uh, idea of seeing that stuff yeah however i, I do that. think that beetlejuice is an oddly uh decent representation of a lot of this kind of stuff huh. that i told you about here not all of it yeah obviously but uh, a surprising amount. Honestly, when I read the thing about psychopomps, the yeah. guides psychopomps. of the dead, I was like, that's like a big thing Yeah, Beetlejuice is like trying to explain to this recently deceased couple how to be dead. Right, right. Um, yeah, but there you go. Ghosts. Sweet. Awesome. There you have it. Well, that's it, you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. If you want to hear more from us all during the week, you can follow us online at GTTU Pod on all social media. So Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a private Facebook group. You can search Guide to the Unknown Podcast or you can go to Facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU Pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can also consider, uh, donating to the show to help yeah. us out. You can go to patreon.com slash GTTU pod or just mm-hmm. look up Guide to the Unknown in the Patreon app to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. And thank you to everybody who currently does. That's right. Uh, and you can also talk to Kristen and myself, uh, just as people. Yeah, that's right. I am at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at haunted sponge i would like to also quickly mention about patreon um if you become a patreon donor we are doing little after shows here and there so when we're done recording this right now we're heading over to patreon where we're going to have an exclusive live feed that's only for people who are our donors and we can chat and talk to each other and stuff during it yeah, so just as a that's thank kind you. of a nice like fun extra thing that we do little hangout yeah little yeah, hangout exactly uh, so that's that for episode 50 mm-hmm. of Guide to the Unknown. Yeah. Can you believe it? I can't. What a long, strange road it's been. That's right. Yes. Well, William, let's follow that road where it leads. You know what? You're right. Because we got to travel. <laughs> Back to the netherworld go we. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.